What's up, everybody? This week, we look at the greatest summer blockbuster of all time, Jurassic Park. That and a whole lot more is to come, because maybe we were so preoccupied that we could, we didn't think about whether we should. Welcome to the show. And that is the problem with the world today. Everybody's so preoccupied that they can do something, they don't realize whether or not they should do something. So, anyway, never mind. Hey guys, how's it going? Hope everybody's doing well on this delayed episode of the podcast. Um, yeah, uh, there's a reason why it's delayed, but first let me introduce you to a new voice you'll hear on this podcast. She is formerly our sarcastic teen, now she's our snarky senior. She will be going off to uh, university here in a little while. Um, in fact, she's done such a good job, she's taken over the editing duties, and as, as far as videos go, I am delighted to welcome to the podcast Tara. Tara, how are you? Good. Okay, she's a little nervous, it's her first time, but don't worry, we'll, we'll get through it. Uh, <laughs> now, why did we delay? Tara, can you tell them why we delayed? Well, we had to build and re-put up the studio that we are currently recording in. Yeah, we got a brand new studio. Um, what it is, is that... Uh, as I mentioned before, we had some upheaval in my 8 to 5, and one of the opportunities was to work from your own studios. And, you know what, I've wanted to build my own place where I can record music, play music, uh, for many, many years now. And so, me and Tara last week, uh, basically took apart my little recording nook in my bedroom, and transferred it into my office, and now I've got a nice studio almost completely built. It, so. it 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 was a pain. Yeah, it was it was painful. It was a royal royal pain. Would you say it's a pain in your eyes? Yeah, I would actually. <laughs> no, guys, this is the thing. I've got a glass desk that I work off of. Right, we had to dismantle the glass desk, and I've got um, a pair of power conditioners inside a flight case to act as my power boosters. And that was. Would you say that was Satan? Um, no, I think I would quite say that it was worse than satan what's 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 worse than satan well there are many things i could say but i'm trying to remain partial here so uh <laughs> um, but um you know I'm yeah not, though, but, but okay that is gonna that is gonna actually do some real really good things for the podcast as a whole uh we're gonna have a better consistent sound because now i've got a permanent setup and i'm not jumping from studio to studio um i also want to thank greg for helping me with the last few pieces of equipment uh, shout out to a buddy of mine steve uh who helped me get the last few pieces of equipment that i didn't have and yeah but like i said we're gonna have a more consistent sound because these microphones are not going anywhere they're they're, they're where their home is and that's all there is to it and you know we're, it's gonna be better the show is gonna be better so so on and so forth but again thank you for uh helping me put this together welcome yeah you, as you can tell she's excited uh aren't i though <laughs> yeah i mean it's first thing in the middle of the afternoon that we're recording i this. know i just woke up yeah it's 1 p.m so yeah, Who, who's yeah. together? Who's together by now, right? You can still taste the toothpaste. I know, right? <laughs> Duh. So, uh, what else has been happening while uh, while we've been off the air? So, um, we've had my least favorite time of the year: international football. <laughs> Yes, I know. The sock season for all you guys in, in the United States and the football season has been interrupted by the scourge of international football. And it is with a tinge of relief and a tinge of regret that I withdraw my support for the German national team. 
Would you like to know why? Um, yeah. <laughs> Tell she's really into this. No, um, it's the way that they treated Arsenal's Mesut Ozil over the summer was bad enough, but now they, they're coming out and they're, you know, they're crapping on the, the, the players, crapping on the fans, crapping. I, I'm done with that. I'm, I'm completely done. Germany, you've done, you've given me some really, really good times. But as I've said before, if Wales are there, I am Welsh through and through, and I hope we win. And if Wales are not there, I'm transferring it to France. Yay. Why not England? Because I'm Welsh. <laughs> I didn't say that, and that's not how I sound. Uh, He's highly incorrect. Well, no, that wasn't that wasn't for you. That was for somebody somebody out there asking, why don't you support England? Well, because I'm not English. Who? 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 People. Ah, I know who. Who? A person. Ah, okay. Vagueness is the order of the day, apparently. Uh, Duh. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, have you not met me? A couple times. Um, in fact, one of the really? th- one of the times. Really? I, yeah, that's that's true. One of the times I met you was at the uh, CenturyLink Center last year. Yep, yep, yep. That 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 is true. Yes, last year. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up will come here because last year me and Tara scored tickets for the WWE. I got us tickets. Yes, Tara got us tickets. Tara, <laughs> so Tara, I just want to make that clear. Yeah, t- early Christmas present for me. And uh, what do you think? What do you think of the show? last year um well i got to see shinisuke so i was i was pretty cool and i also got to see my natty cat so i was also um pretty 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 uh, cool and your aj styles yeah that 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 too and i scored a shirt and your favorite red-headed lady. and oh my god <laughs> i don't think you guys understand no you you guys don't i got understand. to see becky lynch now for those of you who don't understand, Tara is... You really, guys don't... You really don't understand. Tara is strawberry blonde. No. Auburn. I'm Auburn. I'm Auburn, all right? Which is, as we know, is cold word for ginger. Uh, <laughs> really? Really, John? Really. Uh, but her favorite wrestlers include... Seamus. Seamus. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Heath Slater. <laughs> you keep on pushing him on me, and I'm just like, nah. Christian. Yes. Ginger. Uh. Okay. <laughs> I like other wrestlers know, that you, are not ginger, but know, majority big, of them are ginger. Let's me, just be real here. The ginger. So and European. Yes. Yes. Ginger and European. And if you and if you happen to be ginger and European, then that's like icing on top of the cake. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, especially with with Seamus. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, we, and Becky. Uh, me and Tara have gotten along so well since that show. We've started like we've started calling each other fella. Um. Yes. Um, <laughs> before I lost my phone, he was saved in my phone as fella. Nice, nice. Well, the reason we're bringing it up because I lost my phone. The reason we're bringing it up is that in December they're coming back in town. This time it'll be the raw people, so we will not see. Any of the uh, any of her redheaded heroes, yeah. Sorry. But but Sadly. you have a new hero who is going to be yes. there. Yes, 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 yes. And oh my god, go on. Okay, Ronda Rousey. In case you guys don't know who this amazing, fabulous, awesome person is, she was in. She was formerly the UFC bantamweight women's champion. Now she is on WWE and. She picked up Triple H and threw him like a rag doll. Oh yeah. 
What's well, easy to do? Triple H is Triple H is a good wrestler, regardless of what people say. Um, and, and and his wife, and yeah. then he and then she did it to what's his face? I forget. I forget. Good angle. Yeah. Cook Angel. It, I, I, I probably might get something because I forgot his name, but I forget people's names. You forget people's it names. It happens, okay? So what we decided to do uh, is that that show's going to be on a Sunday night. And as yes. soon as that show's over, yes. when we get home, yes. we're going to come right back into the studio. Oh, are we now? And we're going to talk about what we saw and we're going to release some of that after show adrenaline, all right? Okay, and there better be some Rhonda shirts. Yes. Because... Um, last year, last, last year, last December, that we went, as I said, huge Becky fan. I was looking for a Becky shirt or something, right? And there was only dude shirts and, and such. And dudes who weren't even there. And dudes who weren't even there. I mean, look, I understand. I'm not, look, I'm not going to go to watch a theater show and they sell t-shirts of the actors and one of the actors is on the other show competing down the street. No disrespect. Like, I'm not going to jump on the Roman Reigns hate bandwagon, but they don't need to sell his shirt at a SmackDown show last year when they didn't sell any Becky shirts. They didn't sell any... Um, they didn't sell pretty much anything. AJ Styles, maybe. Yeah. I still think the funniest thing ever at that show was everybody like how much everybody loved Randy Orton in this area of the world. I was, I was like, really like, what? I mean, here's the thing. Jinder Mahal got cheered. AJ Styles got cheered. And then, you know, yeah. Uh, it was yeah. really weird. It was really, really weird. But Rand- It was really weird. But Randy Orton, man. Whew, I mean, he, he... Okay. Think of, like, Ryan Gosling as if he was a wrestler. <laughs> that was Randy Orton last it was, year. It was like the second coming of Jesus with a triple cheeseburger, right? Yes. <laughs> so that's that's awesome. Okay, so here I am scouring to see if there's any Becky shirts. There's not. I am like really upset here. Oh, like she was. I, I'm on the verge of tears. Like you can ask John. I, w- I, I, s- I was I was crying. You were until I saw what. Yeah, and then John. He, he, he goes, I'm like, really, people? There's not any Becky shirts? Like, what? And then he goes, yo, T. And he points. And I'm like, what, dude? Like, what are you looking at? I don't see what he's looking at. And he points to the goggles. And I see the goggles. And it's like Christmas lights in my eyes. See, Tara is not a girly girl in the slightest. D- Definitely not. Like, if you have the pe- stereotype of girly girl, and then, like, the real girly girl, and then here's me on the completely opposite side of the world. That's her in a blue jeans, a sweater, and a Doc Martin boots, and she's, like, squealing, like, you know, like like a typical, ee! you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it, it was pretty cool. And then I wore them for the, and I bought them, and then I wore them for the rest of the night. And then my, and then I came home and I slept in them. Yeah, and you didn't take them off for three weeks. No, I really did not. Cause, 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 yes. No, yeah. We also bought uh, we also bought Sarah um, a hat, and she will never wear it again, which is a shame, really, because you know, well, that's what happens when one of them is alleged to be a rapist and the other one is alleged to be a woman beater. You know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you can't teach that. Um, Enzo and Big Cass, in yeah. case you. Did not catch that reference. Yeah, and the thing is, as well, they weren't on the show either. So they yeah. really weren't. So yeah, yeah. 
yeah. So anyway, guys, if you guys are interested in a couple of things, oh, I got one more thing. I didn't, I didn't write it down, and I, I run this by Sarah, who is my, I guess, co-executive producer. I don't know. She's she's my boss, basically, as you, as you might know. Uh, wife wears the trousers in this family. Yes. Um, um, we, John might go ahead. wear the pants, but she, she them picks them out. Right. Uh, <laughs> thanks, team. You know, emasculated me live on air. No, uh, I'm um, just duh, that's my job. That's a job, right? No, uh, <laughs> I'm actually running the first Because Maybe competition. What? Yeah. See, uh, I'm so confused. Right. In a couple of weeks, we will be launching our store. And, you know, where you can get There's t-shirts and stickers and badges. And yes, there will be a store. What? Yeah. I know. Um, what? Just let me talk. I'm so confused. That's okay. It's very easy to do. Now. <laughs> now, okay, go, going back to the point at hand, uh, we're actually, I told you a couple of weeks ago, we're going to be launching a store on a Patreon page and stuff like that. Uh, the store is actually going to be coming first, and we have this brand new studio that we're going to be recording in, and I need a name for it. So guys, as long as it's not Studio McStudio Face, <laughs> the best person who gives studio up with the McStudio best name, face. right, awesome. the person who comes up with the best name for this studio will win a free t-shirt. Yo. And some stickers and... I'll, I'll, I'll get you one or two things off the store and I'll ship them to you, okay? That's what I'm looking for right now, guys. If you were interested, shoot me a line. Give me the name of this new building, this new studio that we're going to be in, and we will call it from there in future. But guys, if you're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, look at Because Maybe Pod. Look up our blog at becausemaybepodcast.wordpress.com. And if you're on YouTube where we have full episodes and sample episodes, look up Because Maybe Podcast. Also, if you have any business that you want us to take care of, drop me a line, because maybe podcast at gmail.com. I realize I haven't said that in a while, but, you know, we are looking to expand, as I've mentioned. And guys, if you like this, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your enemies. If you don't enemies. like it, share it with your enemies. Just say, hey, you got something that I don't like, you might like it. And like, oh, okay, because opposites attract. But now, while we have... Share it with the enemy. That's right. That's dun, right. Dun, dun. <laughs> and then you end up with like a ninja sword off. Samurai, if I. Anyways. Indeed. Uh, anyways. <laughs> anyways, guys, we've got a lot more to come, and we are about now to travel to a small little island off the Costa Rican coast where some lunatic has uh, bred some extinct lizards, believe it or not. Because that was obviously a, a, an amazing idea. Yeah. Who, whoever thought of that? I don't know, but we'll go into it here momentarily. Clever girl. Yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. They do move in herds. They do it. You crazy son of a bitch, you did. Dr. Grant. My dear Dr. Sattler. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Review Corner. Whoever thought that, uh, rebreeding raptors was, um, good idea? Well, the deaths of the people on said island could maybe tell you a different side of that story. Well, only two people died from raptor attacks in the whole movie, believe it or not. 
Yeah, but they're flipping raptors, John. Well, we'll, we'll get into we'll get into uh, into the raptors. nuts and bolts. We'll get into the nuts and bolts of this and how uh, the, the raptors that was displayed on the screen weren't correct. And we'll get to that here in a few minutes. So, guys, if you haven't figured it out yet, with the grand opening entrance and Tara talking about raptors, we are talking about the greatest summer blockbuster of all time, Jurassic Park. Yes. It yes, is, it is. A si- If you haven't heard of this movie, number one, you've been living under a rock, but if you have, yes, let yes, me just go have. over a few things. Uh, it's a sci-fi, it's a thriller, and an adventure movie all rolled into one. Because yes. sci-fi isn't all just about aliens, it actually nope. deals with science and fiction, and this movie deals with a lot of pseudoscience. Uh, it was directed by Steven Spielberg and written by Michael Crichton and David Culp. Uh, it was produced by Kathleen, Car- <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy and Jerry Molan and uh, produced by Amblin Entertainment, distributed by Universal Pictures. was released on Convenience Store Day in 1993. What? Yeah, it was released on Convenience Store in 1993. I don't understand what that means. 7-11? Really? <laughs> really, John? Yes, and did a, a whopping 1993 money, guys. One point zero two nine billion with a B dollars in box office, the highest grossing movie at that time of all time, uh, making a profit, making a profit of nine hundred and sixty six oh. million dollars. Yes, it was a huge movie. Um, because it was awesome. It was awesome. The critics say nine out of ten on average. Do you agree with that, or do you think it's higher? I mean, like, if you're watching the whole entire movie and and you know that it was made in 93, you're expecting the graphics to be highly terrible. And it's a sci-fi movie. And you're expecting, it's about dinosaurs, so you're expecting the worst. And you see, like, it it holds up today. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean... Like, if you're watching the same... Because they remade it. Yeah, like, a couple like times. A, like a... A couple of times. So if you're watching, like, Jurassic Park, The New World, or Jurassic Park World, or whatever. Yeah. What, you know the title that I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so, so. Jurassic Park, The Cash Grab Remake, Part 1. Yes. Or the new ones. It holds up. Because the, 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 we got new stuff now. And, and the thing it is. It holds up to things back then. And if you look at that, it's 10 out of 10. But if you actually, if when you you actually watch the movie, there are some like moral, like plot holes that not plot holes, but moral plot thoughts. I guess you could say. Eh. Yeah. Because because I, I mean, if if it was a plot hole, they'd be like, how did this happen when this didn't happen? Oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it, it really? does have some moral to it, and we'll get to that here in a few moments. Well, this was originally supposed to be a novel. Right? It wasn't supposed to be necessarily a film, although they thought that they could make a film out of it. Uh, what it was is that Michael Crichton and Steven Spielberg were working on ER, which is like the precursor to American medical dramas like uh, Chicago Hope and for more modern fans, Grey's Anatomy, you know. And Love me some Grey's Anatomy. Yes, you do, good lord. Um, <laughs> but the book wasn't finished, but Spielberg was fascinated by it. And the thing he was fascinated by the, the most was the real science that was involved, as opposed to it being pseudoscience, you know? Now, the, the, the theory has now long since been disproven, but in 1989, you know, it was, it was somewhat credible. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so what, what actually, you know... Um, 
because a lot of sci-fi things dealt with pseudoscience and and stuff that couldn't really happen. I mean, I'm a big fan of Star Trek Next Generation, right? Obviously. And one of the things they have is the Heisenberg Compensator, which which in theory allows um, teleportation to happen. But in reality, it's impossible because of that. And, you know, so they actually used real science with this. And at the time, it hadn't been proven or disproven. So uh, Michael Crichton was paid... Can you, okay, can you imagine being paid $2 million off the back of a book that you haven't finished writing yet? Yo, what are you writing if you're getting paid $2 million for a book that's not even done yet? Well, apparently a dinosaur movie. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, but like... They show that once Spielberg... <laughs> Spielberg was still like king of movies at that point, right? And he was able to say... If, if he wanted to do a movie where it was nothing but, you know cows crapping in the pasture they would have sold him the rights to it because he was steven spielberg right and so when he said look i want to make this movie they bid on the rights and oh bunch so of, it was a title thing yeah well not just really a title, well not just a title thing remember he a tiny little movie well, animation not, in my head just went he, died he 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 heard enough of the book and the science behind the book to where he thought it'd make a good movie and well you know, it did but still though well You've also got to thank Spielberg for this as well, because Steven Spielberg was supposed to make Schindler's List before Jurassic Park. And the studio said, you can only do Schindler's List if you do Jurassic Park first. So Jurassic Park would have been done later in time. And I think at that point, I think it it came out at the right time, right? Because I remember growing up, I was, I was 10, I was 9 or 10, and dinosaurs were, even before Jurassic Park, dinosaurs were, were picking up. And if they'd have waited another two years to release it and release this, this you know, release Schindler's List, I don't think... I think both movies benefited from timing, right? Yeah. So, you know, Schindler's List came out at the right time. Jurassic Park came out at the right time. And, you know, one of the things that Spielberg said was this movie was supposed to be a sequel to Jaws on land. Can you see that? Yeah. Because think about it this way, right? The dinosaurs are not bad guys. No. They, well... Well, no, they're not. No, because they were born, and they're going to be put in these like these cages and these fence that have like ten thousand volts full of thing yeah. uh, of energy uh, of electricity pumping through them. So the dinosaurs, you gotta you, you gotta like remember that these dinosaurs are still, still dinosaurs, still dinosaurs, and they are still running on the same instincts. Yeah, that they're that they're. That they, they were born they're with. grannies and it's in uh, their, it's in grannies, grannies. It's in their DNA, right? I uh, mean, it's we're, like, we're doing. They have to. We're working off of the hunt. They have to pray and yeah, not I mean, pray it's like, and it's like when the guys food go, and old school. Yeah, I mean, it's like when guys, you know, they go in the ocean, they put their hand in something, and they get pinched or something, and they go, "Ow, what the heck was that?" Well, you were just in his house. Imagine you were at supper and a big giant hand came in. You'd stab with a fork, right? That's exactly what it was doing, and so you know, like you got, Jaws, you, you ja- got you got to like remember it. Like yeah, that. like I mean, like Jaws, you know, the the shark was technically the bad guy because he was killing everybody, but he wasn't technically a bad guy. He was just defending well, his, his turf. Yeah, because sharks are like they're they're not as bad as everyone sets them out to be. They're very predatory. Yeah, territorial. Pre- like ter- like territorial and predatorial. Is that is is that a word predatorial? It is I, now. I, well, well, I'm making it a word. It's officially a terror word. It's a terror word. Yes, it's anyway. in my dictionary. Yes. Along with my other words that I made up. 
Anyway, continue. Anyways, they're very predatory. And if they, if you're in their habitat, which it means if you're in their bubble, they're going to attack you. Like, if you, like, if you're at work, this one dude is all up in your face, you're going to be like, yo, dude, get out my face. Yeah. Because if you get my face again, I'm hurt you. And he, and, and like, and like Jaws, he got up in your face again, and then you slapped him, and then all of a sudden... And all hell broke loose. And all of a sudden, you got all the bad people well, involved. Well, the thing is, well, you know, how do you create dinosaurs in 1993, right? They originally wanted stop motion, or miniatures, which is basically, you know, puppets and, you know, claymation no, and stuff like no, that. No, no, no. Sim- similar to how they made Kong in 1978, right? But and no, though. They tried using this newfangled uh, CGI, right? Yes. And it was new at the time. I mean, you've got to understand, this is pre-Windows 95. Damn, mommy. Exactly. So they were doing this like on, on Macintosh or 3.1 or something like that. And... Yo. You know, the effects that they had, some of the best CGI effects I've ever seen. They look realistic. They don't look too computerized. They don't look too polished. They look a little rough without looking fake does that make sense yeah so the, you know it's it's a it's a great work and um the guy who who ran the miniatures and the stop motion was a guy named phil Tippett, and he joked that well i've just become extinct ha 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 dinosaurs extinct and they use that line in the movie now ironically um phil i know Ti- i remember that phil Tippett is credited on set as the dinosaur supervisor the dinosaur supervisor. Yeah, that, as a joke. And yo, that, and, and is, somebody, that, is that an actual, like, job title? Because if I could become a, a dinosaur supervisor, like, I, that, I would well, just die right it, then it, and just be happy. It was a way to give Phil Tippett some credit. And, in fact, you know, somebody, some smarter saw it and did, Phil, <laughs> there were raptors in the kitchen. And we found out that Phil Tippett is, is you know, is not a fan of memes because he, he's he's not a fan of it. He, he, he considers it, you know however people consider it but uh yeah no it was it you know it was it was a good use the cgi holds up today and it's really yeah, it really does. you know it's really really how's the best way to say this movies that came after this had horrible cgi like batman and robin and batman not batman and robin batman for the little the one with jim carrey and that was terrible yeah it was terrible but the cgi very you know, doesn't very hold bad. up and that was made after, so advances had been made at that point, you know? Well, those whole movies were screwed up, too. I mean, you know, it yeah, was... Yeah, that's probably the reason why I don't watch any of the Batman movies now. Well, the new Batman... Because... The newer Batman movies, I should say. The Christopher Nolan series of Batman movies are absolutely fantastic. Well, I wouldn't know, because I haven't watched them, because I've had, like, no, they're, they're more... like Batman PTSD. <laughs> BTSD. <laughs> Bat-traumatic. Yeah. Um, yes. So, if you've never seen this, you're so terrible, right? So, if you've never seen this movie, again, spoilers ahead. But uh, just a quick summary of what this movie's about: huge advancements in scientific technology have enabled a mogul to create an island full of living, breathing dinosaurs. John Hammond has invited four individuals, along with his two grandchildren, to join him at Jurassic Park. Will everything go according to plan? While a park employee attempts to steal dinosaur embryos, and critical security systems are shut down, now it becomes a race for survival with dinosaurs roaming freely over the island. Okay. So that, that, that that's what it is. I mean, you know, it's 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 a very, 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 very... Con- Action-y, like, sci-fi on, movie. On paper, 
believe it or not, on paper, it just seems so basic. So it's Heroes like pumpkin have... spice latte basic. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that kind of basic. I mean, like the plot is 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 generically vanilla, right? It's oh, it's no guys get trapped on island. Check disgruntled employee turns down security. Check fight for survival. Check escape. Check bang. You've, you 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 bingo. Okay, you know? okay. Now that you put it like that, like I've seen so many, or or seen of or heard of so many movies that have that generic yeah so yeah it, i mean it is it is it is a very very basic movie but they did a really good job with the cast they have uh sam neill laura dern the goldblum and richard attenborough playing the four main parts um jeff goldblum in this movie is absolutely fantastic yes especially when he has that highly x-rated scene where he strips off and light shining on him and you know he, he's the goldblum Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um Laura Dern plays a good 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 role as uh, Dr. Statler. Uh Sam Neill. Uh that was actually supposed to be Harrison Ford, believe it or not. So you had, you know, you have Harrison Ford playing with giant chewies, I guess. I don't know. Oh my um, god. Richard Attenborough, this is his first movie. Uh, in many, many years, in fact, since 1978, I think my notes say, um, he actually once beat uh, Mr. Uh, Spielberg to a Oscar. Really? Yes, for his work on the movie Gandhi, which beat out E.T. Gandhi was a great movie, though, too, but that stuff's in the 80s. Um, we also have Bob Peck as uh, Robert Mulden, uh, Martin Ferraro as Donald Gennaro, the bloodsucking lawyer, Joseph Mazzello as Tim Murphy, Ariana Richards as Lexi Murphy, uh, my man, Samuel L. Jackson as uh, Ray Arnold. Yes. Wayne Knight as Dennis Nedry and B.D. Wong as Dr. Henry, Henry Wu. Now, that doesn't ma- mainly mean anything because he was only in like two scenes. He was, yep. given, he was given prominent billing and he was in literally three scenes and had Yo. like ten words. You know, um, I think it was a waste of Samuel L. Jackson too. His character didn't get nearly as many lines as he should have. Good Samuel L. Jackson, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, we had some cameos from uh, producer Jerry Mullen, and the two of voice was Richard Kiley. Now, Richard Kiley was the old narrator, if if you know who that is. You know, um, whenever you get to watch a movie and you saw a trailer, in 1965. Oh my world. god, he was that dude? He was the voice, yeah. Yes! Up until about 1995 or so. This was his last movie role, basically. No! So, so the great thing about this, and I've said this before when it comes to certain casting choices, none of these star- none of these guys at the time, with the exception of maybe Goldblum and Attenborough, were huge stars at the time. Right? Yeah. So you ha- you were- it was easier to believe that Laura Dern and Sam Neill were Doctors uh, Grant and Stadler. You know, because they weren't as high names, you weldn't see him Brad Pitt up there. You, no. were, you were seeing two guys who you could com- who you could look at them and not see Brad Pitt. You'd see, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because th- I mean that's that that's a problem now with some movies. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yep. That like you're not seeing the act, you're not seeing the character, you're seeing the actor. I mean, like what movies are you talking? Okay, about? like Men in Black, for example. Do you see Agent J or do you see Will Smith? I see Will Smith. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with, say, Jim Carrey when he's doing a funny role. Yeah, it's like, you see how the actor acts. Yeah, you don't see the character. And so you see how the actor portrays the character. And so you're trying to pay attention. Your brain is trying to pay attention to the character. It's trying to, but all we could see is the actor. Exactly. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think Clerks is a fantastic movie. It tells a good story. 
and the actors weren't well known at the time. In fact, they're still not well known, but they weren't well known, so you could you, you could picture them being the two dudes that they're playing. And, you know, with the exception, like I said, of Goldblum and Attenborough, who were the big stars. I mean, Sam Neill was a big star too, and Laura Dern was a decent star too, but they weren't big enough as to where you couldn't see past their name. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, Samuel L. Jackson was wasted. Uh, Wayne Knight, Definitely that, Wayne Knight, who plays Nedry, did a fantastic job as the sniveling, whining, underappreciated guy who gets his just desserts. Um, Was he the guy who stole the stuff? Yes, Nedry. Uh, I, uh, okay. Yeah. I forget people's names. It's fine. That's fine. I need to see the people like like the pictures. And the, yeah, I, I got you. And the fact that they use two unknown child actors too also kind of led into it because i mean you couldn't do this with at the time who was it? uh macaulay culkin or um uh uh what's her name Anne Wilson, Mary I can think Wilson? Of is home alone yeah but uh oh, i can't remember her name now the chick from matilda and you know who was in who was you know the fem- the, the female actress something yeah. wilson i can't remember her name let me know uh it, it, on the facebook pages but um you know th- it would it wouldn't have done any any good. But basically, put this movie benefited from not having an all star cast. Yeah. Um. Um. Also, you know, this does have a lot of things that make you think. It's not just like the last third of the movie is a fight for survival, or the last half of the movie is a fight for survival. But the first half of the movie brings a whole bunch of dilemmas to the forefront. Like the main plot point of the movie is the moral dilemma of the fact that humans have created multiple species of extinct creatures. You know, I mean, all the scientists are initially in awe of what they're seeing. You know, they, they, they see these dinosaurs, they see these plants, and, like, they're just completely and utterly struck. And then once the uh, awe has worn off, they, they're scientists. You know, Dr. Malcolm, my, one of my favorite quotes in movies, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. I love that. Um, Dr. Stadler, um... She's intrigued by how certain leaves from the Crustaceous period are showing up in the park, then is horrified at the idea of cross-pollination, and the fact that some of the dinosaurs are cross um, period lines. So what I mean by that is, you know, uh, a lot of them, it's called Jurassic Park, a lot of the dinosaurs are from the Crustaceous era, but the Crustaceous era and the Jurassic era had different, you know, dinosaurs, different dinosaurs, different plants, different air, so on and so forth. So, you know... She's so, so, so she's like, um, no. Yeah, it's like, you can't do this. Well, and, and here's the other thing, too. Dr. Grant is initially enthusiastic. You know, he's he's seeing everything, and, you know, he's excited, and then all of a sudden, they go to the hatching room where they're breeding the dinosaurs, and he's horrified by the fact that they bred raptors. Yeah, because raptors are, like, tiny little murderers. Yeah, and, and at that... Serial killers. At that point, those three characters become, for the rest of the peaceful part of the movie, become very, very anti-park and very, very uncomfortable with what they're taking part of. You notice that? Yep. I mean, like, you know, at minute they were all, woo, and now they're all... Ah, well, ah. okay, you gotta think about it. Like, if this was a real thing, and you were the lucky... is It's kind of like Will Wonka with a Charlie... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's like you were the lucky few that got chosen to be in the sewer. Yeah. You are going on the sewer, right? Yep. And at first you're all, oh my god, dinosaurs? Are you kidding? Sign me up. Oh, of course I would love to see these. And then the and th- you're seeing it, and then you, and then and then the, and then the kid uh, gets stuck in the uh, pipe. 
No, no, before <laughs> that. And then the back of your and then back of your brain it finally clicks. You're like, "Oh my god. These are dinosaurs." Maybe they could kill me. Maybe this, th- this Maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe maybe someone should have not created this because they are dinosaurs. I don't think this is a good idea, Tommy Pickles, basically. Um <laughs> so they're they're all uncomfortable for the rest of the peaceful part of the movie. Whereas the blood sucking lawyer uh is opposite. At the beginning he's very, very anti puck, he's very, very you know, he's wondering how insurance could be done, and as soon as he sees the dinosaurs, bang, he's like, Oh, we're gonna have money. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. Um, the novel itself—you could definitely tell where I, where his priorities oh, yeah, are at. Definitely. He's a blood-sucking lawyer, after all. Uh, the original—the <laughs> novel wrestles with the concept basically of biogenetics for vanity and profit, and and then, and, they, and then he dies on the toilet. Yes, he does. We'll get to that here in a few minutes. That that was so hilarious. But um, my favorite scene. But do you think that 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 this movie is, I guess you could say, uh, wrestling with the concept of something like you know, using genetic science. For a vanity project and money? Yes. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Well, that goes into our second theme of the movie, which is greed and hypercapitalism. Okay? Uh, one of the catchphrases of the movie is, spared no expense. Well, we spared no expense. Oh, CD-ROM, we spared no expense, you know? Okay, they're sparing no expense, and then there's killing yourselves without realizing it. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, you know... um, and this is, this is how it comes along, right? When I say hyper-capitalism, look, there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money. There's something wrong with wanting to make money off of the backs of, you know... The people who just died in front of your yes. face. And, and you know, uh, of hurting people, right? And that's, then that's you're the like, I've always said. oh my god, you died. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So Here's... I, okay, well, I'm going to sit here and make more dinosaurs because it makes me money. Even though you just died in front of my face, I don't... I, I mean, I care... But I don't. Exactly. And I mean, the lawyer is like, you know, John Hammond wants a perk for all. He wants everybody to be able to come. You know, he wants the whole world to participate in this. He wants to build a theme park with the attractions. Whereas the lawyer's like, eh, well, you can do coupon days. You know, as if to say that this is a park only for the elite and us poor schlubs, you know, can't get anything. Uh, The Jurassic Park logo is on literally everything in that movie. The it's on the jeeps. Yeah. It's on the stationery. It's everything. Everything picture. It's on the computers. It's on literally. So literally. you know that's basically that's their marketing right there. You know they've already made all the stuff, and I guess they they sold it all. How much money do you think it took for for again think uh, if this was an actual real thing that actually happened? You're the chosen few. Back back to our scenario. You're the chosen few on the on the actual park. And you're sitting here thinking to yourself, how much did it take for them to market and do all of these advertisements in on secret. the park itself before anybody sat down or set foot on said park? They must have had like the, the tightest non-disclosure agreement ever, you know, yeah. <laughs> tightest NDAs. But I mean, yeah. you know, th- as soon that as... blood sucking lawyer. As soon as the blood sucking lawyer kind of, you know, snapped into lawyer mode after he realized that this could be like awesome you know it's like don't touch that that's expensive don't touch it you're gonna break it kids you know what i mean yeah he became like a penny pincher straight off the bed uh the movie the basically though the movie is about survival right yep and it's it's a traditional survival movie just with dinosaurs you know so they could kill you yeah i mean it's like jaws right Uh, we mentioned except oh my god a sharknado 
Sharknado was idiotic, let's, let's be honest. But it was a fun movie. Yeah, it's one of those movies that you, you know, that, that you I watch. I love Sharknado. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. I thought it was horrible. But, um, you know, but like that's Jaws, you, though. That's true. But like Joe's, Spielberg jokingly said that the movie is... Uh, the, the, the dinosaurs are not the bad guys. We mentioned this earlier. The dinosaurs are not the bad guys. They're just going they're off be- their gut instinct. Dinosaurs are being dinosaurs. They're, they're being portrayed as a threat, but that's because the humans are in their habitat. You know? it, it, it's like whenever... Say, if we were the dinosaurs. Yeah. Or, so, we end up dying because the Ice Age or an asteroid or however you want to say the dinosaurs died... Or science want to say the dinosaurs yeah. died. The dinosaurs died. They they, they 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 killed us, and then our great 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 grandchildren are born, and they still have our instincts because they were from our DNA. And you are a dinosaur, and you are brought up from the dead, and you your gut instinct is to kill or be killed. Yeah, I mean, that's... And, you're, and people are sitting here in your habitat and your comfort zone is all the way over there. Well, see, here's the thing, too. I mean, it's, you know, it's... If you if you jump into the lion pit, you're going to get mauled, basically, is what it is. Pretty much. Yeah. So, okay, now we come to one of the most controversial parts of the movies, as far as I'm concerned. The raptors. Now... Did you know that the, the velociraptors that were depicted in the movie are not velociraptors? They okay, were dra- They were dramatized for, 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 for horror effect, basically, I guess you could say. But they weren't what raptors are. Because your average raptor is about the same size as your average chicken, not the same size as your average horse. Which is what the raptors in the movie were. Yeah. Raptors were not intelligent are definitely not as intelligent as they were shown in the movie. They were the equivalent, I guess you could say, the equivalent of the rats of the dino era. You know? Man. Now so, like, New York City yeah. could be, like, infested with raptors and no one would know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you Yo. know, <laughs> they did show the fact that their aggression was correct. I mean, they were, raptors were hyper-aggressive, but it's kind of like a chihuahua. This is a great thing. You know, the smaller it is, the more aggressive it is. Now, paleontologists did discover um, a type of raptor that was around about the same size as uh, what was depicted in Jurassic Park. But calling them velociraptors was incorrect. Just like calling it Brachiosaurus. Because apparently that doesn't exist either. Um, I might be wrong with that. I don't know. Anyway. um, But the other thing too as well, right? And this is this is what I love about the dinosaurs in this in this film. The dinosaurs are interacting in the way that they were theorized, and it looks natural. You know, they move in herds, they hunt together. That you know, I mean, kind of like what you'd see in uh, the plains now. You know, yeah, uh, you'd see a lion ambush a bunch of wildebeest or something. You know, you know what I mean? Well, it's just going by. Based off its gut instinct. Yeah, and I mean, you know, in in terms of seeing how, you know, how other animals. Um, the kids Tim and Lexi show incredible resilience in the face of fear and death. Well, they're some brave it, little children. It's fight or flight, and whenever your adrenaline yeah. kicks in, 
it, it you do what you have to do to survive and get out of there then all your injuries and what you've been through finally catches up to you and you're like whoa i just did that yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah, like you said, fight or flight, that's a great analogy. Um, Lexi's computer knowledge is what saves the heroes. Because uh, she, she acted to the computer and turned on, yep. back on all the security. Yep, she t- she turned everything back on, but unfortunately for Nedry, for Samuel L. Jackson, for the blood-sucking lawyer who died on the party, in perhaps one of the funniest <laughs> things ever, it's and, so funny. and the gamekeeper, they are all dead. And in fact, they are the only deaths that you, that, that, that actually happen, believe it or not. So that's another thing, too. People think it's a, this giant bloodbirth. Only four people die, and you only see two of them on camera. Whoa. Yeah. That's wow. Well, so think about it, right? You find... The, okay, they find Ray's arm in the generator room. He's already dead. Yep. Um, Gennaro is, you know... He died He died on the, on toilet. the toilet. Yes. He died in the potty. Yes. Nedry and uh, Mulden, the gatekeeper, the camera zooms away at their death. You know? So, like, in the in, when the raptor jumps on him, they don't see the ra- you don't see the raptor tearing him limb from limb. The camera cuts away. And same thing with Nedry. When he dies and the dinosaur's in his wagon with him, you see the wagon moving back and forth, but you don't actually see him get dismembered, you know? Yep. So, four deaths, only two on screen. Yep. Actually, only one on screen. Excuse me. Because um, it's the... It was PG. Oh, yeah. Man. How would you think the same the same movie oh. would be made if it wasn't rated PG? I think it would definitely be PG-13. But no, I, I think it was PG. And I think for the same reason why Joel's was PD, uh, PG. The PD? Dinos- right. The <laughs> dinosaurs would be in dinosaurs. We got the cops, people. Yeah, right. The cops. When the di- okay, the dinosaurs would be in dinosaurs. They won't be in, you know, anything else. They won't be in killers to be killers. They would be in protective of their habitat, you know? Yep. So, yeah, I think I think PG or PG-13 is, is, is you could do it now. Um, now we get into some of the political things in there. Um, this does use a lot of human exploitation. Right. Human labor and child labor. Well, not necessarily child labor. I mean... Okay. Maybe not child labor because the child labor happened b- before everybody died. Well, you, you've got... You've, if you're making a theme park designed towards families, you've got to have some children interaction. And he was using his... His own grandchildren. His own grandchildren. So. I, have, I, have a, I have a thing that I would like to say. Who are the parents of these children and what are they going through whenever... Whoever their parents well, th- are, well, whenever these kids' grandfather comes home with the kids and and is all like, "Well, yeah. yo, your kids kind of got nearly got mauled by dinosaurs, and your kids got caught up in a car and it went off a cliff." But other than that, they're fine. They have terrible PTSD for the rest of their life. But other than that, they're good. So, dinner on Thursday. Right. Like, how would that conversation go? Well, I, n- I never saw any of the sequels, I'll be completely honest. but um, that might I have, have to- not either. I want to see them. Like, I'm going. And I'd say them. read the book, but they made the character of John Hammond completely opposite to what he was in the book. In fact, the blood-sucking lawyer is, in the movie is more to what John Hammond was in the book, if that makes sense. Um, but, you know, the, to build the park, they use cheap labor. 
And at the beginning scene, a local worker gets killed by a raptor, which is what starts the events of this movie. That's why the insurance company's in there. That's why they've got to, you know, they, they, they've got to make sure that the park is safe. Um, Nedry constantly complains that he's not being paid his worth to the point of where, you know, it's his fault that everything happens. Because he sold out. Well, yeah, but if you weren't making the money that you felt you were deserving and a competitor offered you $2 million to sabotage, you you take the $2 million. Also depends on what job I'm doing and what they're asking me to do. Well, if they're asking you to do the same job for more money, you take the more money, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah, I guess. And I mean, you know, by him messing with the security systems to sell the stolen embryos, it's what gets him and the rest of the, the, the people in this predicament, you know? Um, Thanks Gre- a lot, Nedry. Everybody right. died. Well, four people you. died. Okay, you know what? Stadler and Grant weren't thrilled about going until he, uh, John Hammond offered to pay their research grant for the next three years. And then they accepted and carried on. Now... It, it's it's a way that it, I gotta give John Hammond some credit here because behind the scenes he managed to get everybody who was involved involved you know he's able to get the two top paleontologists the top chaos theorist a uh, high priced executive lawyer and his children his grandchildren not to mention the fact that he was able to get a ringleader here yeah not, not, not to mention the fact that he was able to get a crack uh, computer program couple of crack computer programmers and stuff like that you know so he was able to okay uh, so if this okay again scenario time okay if this was a back to our our real thing William Walker Charlie Factory you got your golden ticket to the thing you're here you're bam you're at the park this dude just like picked you it's kind of like on Easter or on Christmas or whatever holiday you happen to Right, like t- no judgment here. Do I? I I don't care. Whatever holiday you happen to right. celebrate, if you get like a or Valentine's Day or what? What? What point is whichever holiday you get a candy assortment of those chocolates? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And he's pretty much. This is pretty much his. his what what I see with him thinking of, he's going, I want you, I want you, and I want you. Bam. And he had the large amount of money to back it up. And he's and he's in here with his gigantic bank vault with his bags of money that had like the money sign on them. Right. Swag bags. <laughs> Swag bags. Um he also I think he also did the same thing with the with the with the geneticists that we got. Because look, right? Within the first thirty minutes of the movie, the two scientists that he brought to the island are questioning the morality of the park and they are not geneticists. So you know that the geneticists had to have thought something, you know, to to keep their moral on tech and it was a big bag bag of silver for lack of a better term you know swag bags y'all swag bags and the other the other main thing of this movie is the constant references to the fact that this is a normal theme park that just so happens to have dinosaurs in there Uh, okay there is no normal theme park that has dinosaurs well that's the thing it's it's that's the uniqueness of the park but in every other way it's you know it's just a normal theme park that has dinosaurs you know so it's like i want to know if there was a person on his team that was like, um, no. 
Well, I think I think it was it was it was summarized by a simple quote in the movie where John Hammond says, "All major theme parks have delays. When they opened Disneyland in 1956, nothing worked." And Dr. That is true. But Dr. Malcolm quips that back with, yes, but John, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't murder the tourists. I know, that was also one of my favorite lines. So, I mean, you know, it's six of one half and the other. So, yeah, but, do you have anything else that you think would be, would, would be you know, uh, a theme of the movie outside of that? A theme? Yeah. You know, like, um, we've got the survival, we've got, you know, the fact that the, the dinos are, are in there. I mean, what, what, what do you see anything else that that movie can represent juxtaposition wise? My thing is like the morality. Okay. I guess. Okay. Like there had to be when he first started out, at least one person on his team that pointed out all of the morality flaws and every single thing that he did. And he probably was like, you don't, you don't like what I'm doing? You're fired. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Let's, let's wrap up a few more things before we get to some, some of our own opinions on it. Um, Let's go behind, let's go, let's lift the hood up of this movie and go behind the scenes a little bit. Um, The T-Rex animatronic did not work in the rain. Nope. And what was funny was, is that uh, the first day they forgot to turn him off properly. So it was raining. The dino's not turned off. The dino came to life and started walking and freaked everybody on the set out that this dinosaur had come back to life. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, we brought Disney up a couple of times, and in the book, John Hammond is supposed to be a dark version of Walt Disney. Let nothing get in his way of success in this park, damn it. But in the movie, he's very, very a benign man who's just trying to, you know, live out something. And... You know, you kind of feel for him a little bit, but then you realize that it's his fault. All of this is his fault. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, even though the film is called Jurassic Park, very few dinosaurs from the Jurassic period are in the movie. It's titled wrong. But I think it's because of the fact that Jurassic Park it is should, a lot easier to say be, than Crustaceous Park. It should be called the Crustaceous Period Park. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Because that's not a mouthful. No, it's not a mouthful. But um, uh, but uh, Michael Crichton said basically that he thought Jurassic Park sounded like a cool name. So he kept it. Um, John Hammond, Richard Attenborough, and uh, Ian Malcolm, the Goldblum. Yes. Uh, I they, really want that leather jacket, though. They mirror the thoughts of Spielberg and Crichton when it came to the morality of the movie. Interestingly enough. That's why Hammond always wears white and... Uh, Malcolm always wears black. Explain. Okay. Spielberg, they, they had a dis- not a disagreement where they, they didn't talk to each other, but like um, Crichton believed that the morality of the movie, the morality, okay. In the speech where Dr. Malcolm gives where he talks about you didn't think about whether or not you should, whether you, the, the could should speech, right? Yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. That's how Crichton felt. Whereas Hammond, with the whole, you know, we should be able to do this, you know, his his attitude on it of we're bringing wonders to the park, we're, we're, we're fixing the world, we're, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's how Spielberg felt. So it wasn't like a disagreement, but, you know, they put that into the characters and that's why they dressed opposite each other, because they were completely opposite in terms of their view. 
Yeah. So, now, you want to hear the, the weirdest part of this movie? Shoot. This movie features 75 minutes where there is not a dinosaur or dinosaur part on screen. The movie is 90 minutes long. Where? Only 15 minutes of dinosaur show up in this movie. The well, whole movie. well, there's a dinosaur bones. Nope. I the research thing where whenever uh, well, okay, he found okay. the other scientists. Okay, but I'm talking about like when you get to the park. Whoa. Only wait. 15 minutes of movie is dedicated to the dinosaurs. What about whenever they were with the eggs and everything? Fifth, that's part of the 15 minutes. Wait, hold up. What? Yep, 15 minutes. I'm so confused. Exactly. And if you see a full-size dino on the screen, it's CGI. If you see a partial dinosaur on the screen, it's an animatronic. So the T-Rex eating the guy on the toilet. That was so funny. CGI. The Brontosaurus eating the leaves on the tree that was just the head. Animatronic. I just can't get over whenever you're on the set. And then there's just like a gigantic T-Rex coming for you. While you're sitting here just eating your... Well, you'd want to go to the toilet on that that occasion too, right? Um, <laughs> after you wipe the crap out your pants, you get on with acting. Um, this movie was, like a lot of Spielberg stuff, was uh, scored by the wonderful, wonderful John Williams. Yep. You know who John Williams is? Yep. The guy who did what other movies? I don't know. You don't know who he is, right? Nope. Okay. Uh, John Williams is the guy who Take did... Take it you make it, people. Is the guy who did uh, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Back to the Future. Okay, well, then now I know who he is. You just have to say what he did, John. He was, he was the guy who did You just say what music. he did. But um, for me, this movie's 10 out of 10. Tara, what do you think? You said 9 out of 10 earlier. Okay. So, overall awesomeness, 10 out of 10. And morality, maybe an 8. Alright, cool. Um, so, what did this movie lead to? Uh, it pioneered the use of CGI. Now, every movie's got CGI in it, regardless of whether or not it's... what If it's needed or not. Yeah, because Jurassic Park people. Yep. Um, keep up. There are a lot of paleontologists around my age because of this movie. It ignited their interest in Jurassic Park. So anybody from the age of about Even 30 to 45, there's a lot of paleontologists that age. Even though there, it, it, it wasn't about Jurassic Park, it was about the Cretaceous Park. Well, yes, yes, yes. Semantics. Dun, dun, dun. Um, unfortunately, it's got too many sequels and reboots. I think as a standalone movie, this 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 I think it should have been the end of it. They should not have made any more sequels, even if there was a market for it. Okay. But you gotta admit, Jurassic uh, Park: The Lost World was a good movie. I mean, okay, it was a good movie, but let's 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 look at the other. Like Jurassic Park was a good movie. Okay, look at Independence Day. Independence Day two. Yes. Awful. Um, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters two not as good. Okay, have it. Wait, are you talking about the one with all the females? No, I haven't seen that movie yet. I want to see the one with all the females. I really don't. I do because. Female pride. Oh no! I, Girl pride. I, I Girl don't, power. I'll be honest. A trailer is supposed to make you want to go into the movie, and I mentioned this before. My opinion of that movie is has got nothing to do with the all female cast. It better not be. No, it's it's. I could care less who the who the actors are. It's the fact that number one, 
Okay, in the trailer, right? They talk about, for the first time in 30 years, this is happening. Yep. And then they talk about how it's never been done before in the movie. So which one is it? Is it old or new? Is it a reboot or is it a sequel? Then the jokes in the movie just weren't, in the, in the trailer, weren't funny. To male, you. Male or female. And the character they had Leslie Jones play is a character that I really don't want to see anymore. You know, the stereotypical, loud, obnoxious black woman. I, d- I really don't want to see that anymore. That's why I don't want to watch the Ghostbusters movie. It's got nothing to do with the fact that it's an all-female cast. It's got everything to do with stereotyping character. The, I, I mean, yeah. The lack of jokes and the fact that they can't decide whether or not it's a reboot or a sequel. I just want to see it because it's an all-female cast and I just want to see how... How it, how it is. Well, that's fine. That's, that's how, how, how we females do it. Well... Because we're awesome. Women are awesome. I love women. I have a wife. I have daughters i have mother. yeah i have a lot of sisters you have a I mean. wife who will hurt you you have daughters who will hurt you and you have sisters who have hurt you yes <laughs> yeah so, put it put it more likely right so in the end jurassic park probably the greatest summer blockbuster movie of all the times and you know if you haven't seen it go watch it because you would be mad not to. So that's it for right now. That's it for Jurassic Park. We are going to uh, take a quick break and then we will be back to talk about what we're doing next week and close out the show. guys we're almost done for this week thank you for uh, taking the time to listen to us if you are on social media look up uh, facebook twitter and tumblr look up because maybe pod on both of those now we don't have a social media question this week because um, i haven't had time to think of one and i'm lazy you know that better than anyone right yep yeah so what i will talk about however is what we've got planned for next week now next week will be our first of two halloween episodes Dun, dun, dun. Right. Uh, Tara will be back next week, and we're going to be talking about Scream. Yep. And, and then... And, and then you're going to have, like, a Scream thing. And then, on, no, 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 on Wednesday... Scream. Uh, right. And on Wednesday, me and Sarah are going to get together, and we're going to be talking about another Halloween movie that was made in the 90s. Uh, I Know What You Ooh. Did Last Summer. That's a movie. Yeah. That well, I haven't seen. Exactly. That's why I'm asking Sarah to do it. Really? Yeah. That's just rude. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, everybody's got to take a break from the mic sometime, except for me. Uh, guys, thank <laughs> you very right. So, guys, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to listen to us. Once again, I'm going to plug the competition that I started at the beginning of the show. We'll be opening up our shop within the next two weeks, and if anybody can come up with a fantastic name for the studio, they will get, like, a T-shirt and one or two other things I haven't decided yet. But you'll get a, a nice little box of goodies. So... Guys, thank you very much for taking the time to listen in to us. Tara, it has been awesome to have you on. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. You, She will be back next week. And until then, guys, you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And we will see you next time.